Sufi Kumin Basket. Another episode of Coffee with Kareem. I am your host, Kareem Sirajuddin. Happy New Year, everybody. May this year of 2019 be better than the last. Amin. Today's agenda for the show I'm going to share some fun stats, the top five episodes played in 2018 the top five countries and cities. Alhamdulillah, we have grown, I want to say, four to five times as many downloads and plays as the first year of Inception. So thank you all for listening and subscribing and leaving reviews. Special warm thanks to my patrons who put their hard-earned money into Patreon to sponsor this show. I really, really appreciate it, guys. So with that help, I was able to get a new microphone, which you're listening to right now. And inshallah, this year I hope to get some new headphones as well as sound engineering software, which I also have from 2011. So it'd be great to update all that stuff to keep producing really good quality episodes for everybody. I also plan, inshallah, to do some videos, video release of some of the interviews I have. You need to be a patron to see most of them. And uh, so make sure you sign up today and sponsor the show. On that patron note, um, I got an email like, I don't know, a week ago. Somebody subscribed to the newsletter on coffeewithkareem.com. And, uh, you know, there's a message, you know, thank you submission message that says, you know, join Patreon for as little as five bucks a month or whatever. And this was the email the person wrote. Piece of advice to Kareem. God talk to us free of charge, then deliver us free of charge. Five dollars is nothing, but when you adopt an Islamic way of asking it, sheds a different light on Islam. Good content, bad approach. So, okay. So, all right. Um, yeah, that's very true. Uh, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also number one. He's a samad, the self-sufficient. He needs nothing. Um, so he doesn't need patrons or money or food or anything else, as he tells us in the Quran. I totally agree with that. I, on the other hand, I'm just a man. And um I am an entrepreneur, I'm involved in three businesses, I have a family, I have three kids under the age of three, I'm super busy, and that's the point, is if you want something that's good quality and has good intention and organization, um, then what's wrong with asking for support? I mean, this is a lot of time that I take out of every month to do this. And uh, lastly, uh, my content is free, (laughs) all the shows are free, subscribing to my newsletter is free, so... All I do is invite people to become a patron. I'm not telling you you have to be uh, to listen to the show. So that person didn't really get it. It is uh, it is what it is. But it's also a good reminder to join patron and actually help me because uh, I would love to keep doing this more often and more frequent, you know, get to a point where I can even do a show every week. Uh, that would be amazing, you know, but I really just don't have the bandwidth and time right now um, unless I am compelled to make more time, which is one of the tips we're going to talk about today in personal development uh, for 2019. Now let's get to our top five shows and cities and countries for
All right, top five episodes in 2018. Episode 27, A Man Amongst Men, Dr. Joseph Nicolosi. Number two was episode 36, LGBTQ and Islam Revisited with Dr. Jonathan A.C. Brown. Number three, episode 35, Muslim Women and Feminism with Sister Zara Ferris. Uh, number four, episode 39, that was a solo show with yours truly, uh, called Pornography and Addiction Recovery. And episode number five, number 29, Spiritual Quest with Dr. Abdullah Rothman. Top five countries with the most plays and downloads in 2018. Number one, United States. Number two, United Kingdom. Number three, Canada. Number four, Australia. And number five, the United Arab Emirates. Thank you all for listening there and everywhere. And the top cities for 2018, San Jose, California. Awesome. Number two, Toronto, Canada. Number three, Chicago, Illinois. Four, London in the United Kingdom. And number five, New York. No matter where you are, thank you so much for listening and uh, sharing with your friends. I really appreciate the support. Now let's get to today's topic. So what I'm going to do is just share some real important principles and tips that I felt have really helped me grow as a person, grow as a professional. And I'm going to share some of that with you today, inshallah. We're going to talk about time management and knowing yourself. I thought I'd just keep it simple and, uh, you know, explain the concepts, examples, demonstrate it. Um, and inshallah, try to give you guys some tips to apply in your own existential field. First principle to share with you in 2019 is spend less time on things that don't matter. Spend less time on things that don't matter. Often people say to me, they don't have time to make life goals and wishes come true. In these cases, during our work together, we examine how each hour is spent every day of the week. And often they discover that they do have time. It's just not allocated to what really matters. Simple example, if you surf YouTube for two hours a day, or watch TV for two hours a day, or game, or you know, you're on social media, whatever it is, just think about it, two hours every day, most of us, you know, when we come home from work, we just want to do whatever we want, and it helps us relax and chill. But often it's stuff that really doesn't matter. And there's probably other ways or better ways to feel relaxed or tranquil. Okay, but let's just take a simple example of, you know, surfing YouTube for two hours a day, you burn up 14 hours a week, that's 56 hours a month was spent just watching YouTube. What about all the other stuff we do that when we really think about it was a waste of time and how much time we spent in the last year? It could add up to, you know, months. What goals could you have accomplished with that time? Probably a lot. I'm not saying you can't have relaxation time. We all need that too. But be honest with yourself about your routine and priorities. And I think we should do this like every year. Because remember, time is the one thing you can never get back or buy more of. So simple way to try this uh, exercise is create a table for seven days of the week um, where you list down every hour as a block or, you know, a row and columns. So Monday through Sunday. And then as soon as you wake up to when you go to bed, 
do your best to really log what activity you do each hour um, for about two weeks and just add up the hours. Like, okay, I spent this many hours in the bathroom, sleeping, um, you know, uh, watching this and driving in traffic at work with the kids, uh, grocery shopping, you know, praying, whatever. Just, you know, try your best for two weeks. Just commit to two weeks or start with three days if you need something smaller. Uh, and I'm not saying every minute you log. We're just talking ballpark hours here. But you have to be very honest with yourself, you know. You can't say, oh, I only watched one hour of TV when you know you were up for four or five, right? Like, you have to be real. So look at the results and think about it. And think about just like how you have financial accounting and budgeting in your family, and your life. You know, you can only have more money if you make more money or you save more money. We put in that much effort uh, and interest to protect something as valuable as money because it's very important. We need it. But time is your most valuable provision, ladies and gentlemen. Because without it, you can't do anything else. You know, there's you can't, doesn't matter what you want to do if you have no more time uh, on this earth. And time is something that none of us have any idea how much of it we have and we can't get more of it and we can't get back the time we already lost either, subhanAllah. And our lives are measured by breaths, ladies and gentlemen. You know, everyone comes into this world and you get a birth certificate. So we know when we got here, but nobody knows when we're leaving. And uh, don't assume that you're just going to have a long life necessarily. You know, we hear this all the time. We see it all the time. People we know or someone we know or stories, you know, not everybody lives a long life. That's the point. Life was a gift. Uh, consciousness, existence was given to us. There's no rule or law or right, so to speak, to say, no, I deserve to live 70 years or 80 years. No, it's not up to you. Just like it wasn't up to you to be born uh, in the particular family that you have, in the historical existential point that you were born into, what gender you were, what kind of genetic features you have. None of that was under your control. You're completely surrendered to the you know hand of cards you were given. And now you got to work with that. And that's how it goes. So time is so valuable. And I mean, for me, my life, I have a very tight calendar that I follow every single day down to my meals, my salah and all my work, because my work is just basically appointments, appointments. So I have to be very efficient with my time and what I do in between those appointments. So it really made a huge difference. I mean, doing that for years now. And mashallah, I also realized how much stuff I accomplished when I just cut out all the fat, you know, like overwatching television, um, you know, just, you know, doing a lot of meaningless chatter and socializing and social media and this and that. And I'm a very social guy. I love hanging out with people, obviously, and, and connecting. But I'm super selective now about the spaces that I enter into because I know how important time is. Like time has gotten more valuable to me than money. You know, I'm just like, ah, would I rather make the money for that one hour or have that one hour of my time, of my life? SubhanAllah, that's how I relate to it these days. So remember, time is the one thing you can never get back or buy more of. Remember to spend less time on things that don't matter this year. And if you're not sure what that means, then I also encourage you to go online and look up all kinds of uh, exercises and guidance on how to identify your values. Uh, and recognize 
that's what ultimately should matter is are your values you know like think people say like oh i don't care if i have a lot of money i value more a happy healthy family or health more than you know this or that everybody has values and most of us have common values i mean we all pretty much need and want the same things as human beings right nobody says i want to be homeless or i want to have a disease or this and that like we don't wish for these things we all wish for the good so so I'll leave you with this Quranic reminder chapter 57 verse 20 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the meaning is know that the life of this world is only play and amusement pomp and mutual boasting among you and rivalry in respect of wealth and children as the likeness of vegetation after rain therefore the growth is pleasing to the tiller Afterwards it dries up and you see it turning yellow, then it becomes straw. But in the hereafter, there is a severe torment for the disbelievers and evildoers. And there is forgiveness from Allah and his good pleasure for the believers and the good doers. Whereas the life of this world is only a deceiving enjoyment. Let's remember to make the most of our time and that this world is a bridge to the next. That doesn't mean this life has to be bad, but we have to make the most of it while we're here because our breaths are ticking away. And the deceiving enjoyment is when we get too caught up in stuff that just fills and boosts our ego. Materialism, showing off, having this, having that, talking about these people to make yourself look better. All that stuff is part of that lowly world, the dunya right? And that's something that people confuse. Like, oh yeah, the dunya is cursed. Yeah, the dunya specifically. The dunya is the human constructed realm of this earth, earthly life. You know, the trees aren't cursed. The sun isn't cursed. The animals aren't cursed. You know, it's that aspect of life that makes us forget our purpose, how we're supposed to spend our time and what we're supposed to do with it and where it all came from and where we're all going back to. That's that's the point here, in my understanding at least. So inshallah that helps with your time accounting this year. Principle number two for 2019 to remember inshallah is know yourself. Know yourself. I know it sounds cheesy, but just hear me out. Look, without improved self-knowledge, self-awareness, you're always going to remain in the dark about your growth areas and you'll always lack the power to overcome challenges. You're not designed to be a static person. I don't believe that. That's not how the human being is. I mean, physically, there's always entropy all around us. Things are naturally eroding, and we are too, physically speaking, but we also are regenerating and regrouping and growing constantly as well. So we're not static creatures. You know, you have potential more than you think, and sometimes we even imagine. But And so when you think about it like this, you see yourself as an ever-evolving self that can achieve better visions, skills, and applications for your life goals and wishes. You have to know a few things first. Difficulties in life are meant to refine you, not reduce you. And this is a tough one, and maybe it gets easier with age, but, you know, so many people take stuff personally when things don't work out according to plan, or someone lets them down, or... You know, there's a health issue or, or this or that. Now, 
everybody has stuff going on. As someone who works with people's, you know, and goes into very private spaces and peels the layers of one's existence, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I'm going through or even I have uh, in my life that you guys are never going to know about. You know, all you guys know is the Coffee with Kareem guy. But I mean, I have my, I'm a three-dimensional person with a history and layers and all kinds of things going on, you know? So everybody has stuff going on. Just because you're going through pain and you perceive that someone else isn't or on the surface you think their life is perfect or that couple's so happy or their children are this, you know, you really don't know. And that's a fact and something I've learned over and over and over again that you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So don't take that stuff personally. When life gives you challenges, you go through a test or, you know, you are put in a situation where you have to grow, don't see it as a bad thing. Difficulties in life are meant to refine you, not reduce you. It's like blacksmithing. You know, you have to take the metal and keep heating it at high temperatures and pounding it to get all the, you know, non-elemental parts out of it, all the additives and, and extra stuff, you know, so you can get that pure uh, blade out of that uh, composition, you know, and you have to keep pounding it and heating it and putting it, cooling it, and then putting it back. And this is the process of blacksmithing. And that's how you get a samurai sword. I mean, you ever watched a video on like how they make stuff like this? It's very interesting, you know, and there's an analogy there for the human being. Like we're made of clay, earth and water. And anyone who's worked with pottery before knows that you have to bake it once it's done and shaped, you know, to make it strong and hard. Now, some people have said to me, you know, when something rough is going on in their life, they say, is God punishing me? Is God upset with me? Well, is this what God thinks of me? Right? Because we think, of course, well, if everything happens by the will of God, then he's also willing this calamity or this difficulty, right? And yeah, that's true. But that doesn't always mean that it's because he hates you or doesn't like you. A couple of points to consider. Who are the closest people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And their lives were not easy. Every single thing you could think of that you wouldn't want happen to you happened to the Prophet Assassination attempts, backbiting, you know, uh, public uh, humiliation, shaming, throwing feces on him, you know, throwing trash in front of his house, making claims about his wife that no man would want uh, claimed. And the list goes on and on. Poisoned, wounded, um, black magic. I mean, everything what happened to the Prophet when you really think about it. He buried five of his children. SubhanAllah. You know, and was he not beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So that's the first thing. Secondly, we can never know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala quote-unquote thinks, ever. You, you, you'll never know that for sure. So there's no reason for you to be in that mental occupation and anxiety. But what we do know is what Allah said is haram, what we should stay away from, and what are the warnings about how to take care of ourselves, right? And that's the point of sacred law. Sacred law is to increase in benefit and protect us from any harm. So if we follow that, uh, you're going to be in pretty good hands. And in good shape, inshallah. So you don't know what Allah subhanahu wa thinks, and there's no reason for you to ever assume you can. Half the time, you don't even know what you think about stuff. So how are you going to know what Allah actually thinks about you? And ultimately that, look guys, the net is the same, right? Sometimes it's very obvious. You're like, you know, a person who has been very astray or lost, 
and you happen to get into a car accident or, you know, some guy stabs you at a bar or God knows what, right? There's all kinds of ways. And you, you know very clearly, like, okay, I know why this is happening. I need to shape up. You know who you are. Other times you think you're doing everything just fine and good. And under your assumption, you're a good person, religiously, you know, ethically, morally, socially, etc. Right? But then some calamity happens. Like, why me? Why did my daughter die? Or why did this happen to me? Or why did I lose my job? Etc. Etc. Right? From my experience, and yours surely can be different, but from my experience, oftentimes the why is this happening to me question. With patience, with salah, with connection, tawakkul, isti'ana ala Allah, the why is this happening to me becomes, thank God that happened to me. Really. Because when you're in the moment of suffering or a challenge or pain or difficulty, you can't see past that because you're in survival mode as an animal, as a creature, right? But your higher spiritual self I mean, this is where our deen and spiritual immune system and virtue comes in. It's like, okay, how do I get through the tough time? Because what makes a person isn't when things are good. It's when we go through the tough times, right? That's when you see the real caliber of somebody. It's like that friend who's like, yo, I'm your best friend. I got your back and this and that. I'm always, you know, commenting on your stuff on Facebook and following you on Instagram. But then the day your mom dies, he doesn't call, right? Or she doesn't ask about you. Now you know who they really are. Right? Or I need a ride from the airport, I'm stuck. Or I'm in a bind, and they don't answer. It's only when things are fun. So, the why is this happening to me can become, thank God this happened to me. How so? Well, because often, and at least from my experience, those difficulties and challenges of the past open my heart and mind to something I had to realize. Or I was ignoring to face for so long. It gave me more clarity in my life and meaning. Sometimes um, those difficulties lead us or launch us into a different point or place so that a new sequence of events can unfold to help us prosper, right? And again, sometimes things aren't pleasant. Like if you lose a child or lose a partner, you know, a spouse, you're divorced. That's something now you have to live with, right? I get that. That's hard. But that also goes back to we don't own our lives, right? And everybody is everybody on this planet has infinite possibilities of how distribution of tests and destiny will unfold. But it's what we make of it that defines us, right? It's not what happens to us that defines us. It's what we make of it that defines us. Those things that you thought in the past were calamities or this or that ended up opening up some huge mercy or baraka or, you know, um, growth area in your consciousness and personality, right? And some people's tests are more different than others and more difficult. And it all depends on the person, you know, losing a child is extremely difficult. You know, getting a divorce is extremely difficult. Going through a major health issue is extremely difficult. Yes, it is, you know. But everybody has stuff that they're going to go through. And you're supposed to take some treasure from it and get reminded that you don't own your own life. You don't own this world and what happens to it. You don't have absolute power and control and knowledge and predictability. That's why you're anxious by nature. You're stressed by nature. You're fragile and vulnerable and needy by nature. This is who the human being is. Know yourself.
and you become empowered and liberated when you outsource those limitations to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thus, whether you think you're being punished by God or you're trying to see it as an opportunity, the net is the same. Take a simple example. You work at a really good company, you know, your job, your boss, you know, you know enough about him or her that you like them, but um, there's sometimes you just don't understand why they make you do stuff and not other people, right? You're kind of on this fence. And one day they say, look, Johnny, we're going to assign you this very important client or this project. You're going to have to work like an extra three hours every day and come in on Saturdays full day. And that has to happen, right? For the next month. Now, you could obviously say, well, this guy's punishing me or I'm being punished or what kind of, you know, ill treatment is this or whatever. You could look at it that way. Or you can say, okay, cool. Like, this is an opportunity. Uh, it obviously sh demonstrates that they trusted me enough to take something like this on. This is a huge client, right? It's very important and valuable. Uh, so am I going to fixate on the fact that I can't sit at home on Saturday and watch Netflix now? Or be like, wow, this is an opportunity for me to really grow and show who I am and what my inner element is really made of, right? Blacksmithing, you know, that's up to you. But the smart person is going to always see any difficulty as something they're supposed to get out of it. And it doesn't mean it's always going to be pleasant, right? But in the bigger picture, it is meant to be powerful and meaningful and good for you. And so many times this has happened. In, in many people's lives, right? It's like if that catastrophe didn't happen or this difficulty didn't happen, it would have never launched them into the right particular existential position to get whatever else they were supposed to get in that next day or phase of their life. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one orchestrating everything. This manager that you could be upset with, the net is the same. It's time to improve yourself. It's time to refine yourself, to realign, to reboot, to make more of who you already are and, and refine that. And if you see it like this, you're not going to interpret negative events or experiences as, you know, the end of the world as often, inshallah. And this is the second thing we have to remember under know yourself. Humans are mistake-making machines, yet we're incredible engines for growth. And you will never be perfect. Perfection is only a trait of the divine. Our relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rooted in our need to outsource our human limits, fragility, and weaknesses to the limitless. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Huwa samad. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. Right? The word Islam and Muslim, it all has to do with the themes of surrendering, finding peace and letting go, and recognizing you're not in charge, you're not always in control. You know, you alone do we worship and serve and need, and you alone do we depend on and need. I mean, the emphasis is right there in Surah Al-Fatiha. So you can, however, become a more excellent version of yourself every day in each year when you harness this principle. And that's not the same thing as being perfect, because perfect means, you know, I don't need anything else to change in me. I'm complete in the state that I'm in. I don't need any more knowledge. I don't need any more strength or power or support or whatever it is, right? That never applies to a human being. For each stage or level that you accomplish in your life, in your existence, there's always new challenges that come with that stage. It's like playing a video game. You know, level one, you probably can get through it very quickly. Once you get into seven and 11 and 15, you know, you're not going to go through it the first time uh, as easily as when you started the, the video game, right? 
You're going to have to learn the, the tricks and, oh, this part, I have to do this instead of that. And next time when I try again, I'm going to try to do this and see if it works and if it doesn't. And then eventually you get through and you beat the boss and you beat the game, you know, and think about it like that with these different types of opportunities or challenges or tests or, you know, they're not always going to be a bad thing. You can see them in a, in a good way. And if you do, uh, it's going to benefit you so much more. So one thing that really helped me uh, remember this principle of knowing myself first and also knowing that I am a creature in need and I constantly make mistakes, you know, and obviously the goal is to make your mistakes less and less intense, right? Less frequent and less intense. I mean, you shouldn't be doing major blunders after, you know, 10 or 20 times of doing it. At that point, you know, there's something else going on. So try this. And this is help. This is what helped me. Each time you think you have failed yourself or another, think of fail as this acronym, forever acquiring important lessons. Think of fail as this acronym, forever acquiring important lessons. And that's not a Kareem original. So let's, let's try this, you know, this year, inshallah. Every time you feel like you failed yourself or another, just think about it as forever acquiring important lessons. And anytime something happens, take, the, take that event or that experience and unpack it with the following questions. What did I really learn here? Or what am I meant to learn here? Uh, is there anything I can do now to make up for that acquired lesson that I got from this experience or this event? How do I better prepare for something similar in the future? And there's a lot of directions those questions can go, but it's a good way to just get your mind and heart started. The bottom line is any challenge or difficulty, there is going to be ease with it. There is always ease embedded or alongside the hardship in your life. You have to remember that. You're always going to come out of it. And I've gone through so many of those where I'm just like, oh my God, this is like, can be a very, very catastrophic, you know, end result here or things that give you anxiety, stress, whatever it is. And subhanAllah, time and time again, you know, it, it, it turns out to be much less scary and horrible than I imagine. And sometimes it's the things that are, that you're hoping for that'll be good. It happens, it happens for you and it happens with even more generosity than you perceived. I mean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is al-kareem, subhanAllah. So to summarize today's show and the exercises, time management, time accounting is really important, ladies and gentlemen. Take it seriously this year and hopefully from, from now on. Make a simple table and jot down your hours and how they're used. Uh, if you want to get you know sophisticated, put notifications on your phone. Uh, some people get like a tiny notepad you know, that you can keep in your pocket or purse and you just write down, you know, every hour as it goes along because it's hard to remember if you're out and about and doing things. But if you have a little pad that's in your jacket or pocket, that's easy. You just start writing it down Monday, 7 a.m., 6 a.m., all the way to 10 p.m., 11 p.m., whatever, right? Just start jotting it down and add the hours, okay? Simple table, rows and columns. I think everybody can do that. Then ask yourself, okay, how many hours do I feel like I'm really wasting? And how can I make more time or allocate more time to the things that matter? How do I find out what matters? To get you started on that, just ask yourself this. What are my values? What are the things that matter most to my life? Uh, what 
are the ways that I measure whether or not I'm successful, fulfilled, or happy in this life and certainly the next. Am I meeting those milestones? And what are the things that I do not accept to be part of my life? You know, that's also part of your values, right? It's like if you value honesty, you're not going to stand for your, you know, children or your spouse or your best friend to keep lying to you and cheating, right? That's not going to happen if you really value that. You can't, you're not going to be able to just sit by idly. The exercises for knowing yourself, remember the acronym FAIL stands for Forever Acquiring Important Lessons. Remember that tests are meant to refine you, not reduce you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't necessarily uh, hate you or not like you just because you're going through, through some suffering or pain or discomfort in your life. That's not always the case. Uh, in fact, it's done out of love and to help you grow and prosper as a human being and to get you to where you need to be internally as well as externally. And the last um, tip or exercise I'll offer on this point of knowing yourself, you know, as we know in the sunnah, there is a statement, I believe, attributed to Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiallahu anhu, um, which is that those who know themselves know Allah, right? So you have to know that you're a needy, dependent creature or else none of this stuff makes sense. The whole deen doesn't make sense, right? Tawbah, making mistakes, you know, um, Allah says in the Quran, he created people who will believe and disbelieve. Uh, if he wanted to, he could have replaced us all with people who obey him. There's also a hadith uh, narrated by Abu Huraira that says that the Prophet ﷺ mentions that if uh, people did not sin, God would replace them with people that did so that they can turn back to him and call upon him and make tawbah. So the point here is that you're not supposed to be perfect and you're supposed to make mistakes, but it's what you do with those mistakes that you finally learn the magic of life, right? That's the point. And when it comes to these limits, these weaknesses, your fragility, call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, obviously, we have to make sure we're keeping up with our basic commitment to our relationship with God, our daily salah, right? If you don't have that down, get that down. Start with one or two prayers a day, get it down, lock it down, and then add to it if you haven't prayed in a long time, okay? Uh, if you're already doing two or three a day, try to get one more on top of that. Make that part of your New Year's resolution. But beyond that, once you have that established, and that's going to go a long way, and you can listen to episode uh, Potentialized Prayer to give you some tips on how to improve your salah as well. Uh, that's episode 14. But I also love the idea of Allah subhanahu wa tells us he has many names and attributes. Call upon Allah's specific names and attributes for the specific things that you feel you are flawed in or need help in, right? So if you need money or more wealth or success, call upon Al-Razzaq, Al-Ghani, Al-Kareem, right? He is the provider, the most wealthy, the most generous. Call upon those names when you're making a dua for that interview or that job or this, you know, salary uh, raise or whatever it is. Um, if you are, you know, have a lot of fear and anxiety in your life, call upon names like Al-Qawi, the most powerful, Al-Jabbar, the one that nothing happens in his dominion except that which he willed. Right? Because anxiety is about fear of the unknown, essentially. If you're feeling down about all your sins and your past mistakes, call upon Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Al Ghafoor, Al Ghafar. And I'll, I'll have a list of Allah's names and meanings in the uh, description of the show. That's another New Year's resolution we can talk about later. 
but learning the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, really, really important because these are essentially the powers and you know attributes that we are constantly witnessing in creation. You know, remember Athkar like Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, Subhanallah al Adim, La hawla wa la quwata illa billah, La ilaha illa anta, Rabb al Arsh al Majid, Ihdini. You know, used, that's why the Prophet ﷺ, we have so many different du'as that he gave us for all of these different things. You have a problem being naive and ignorant and people take advantage of you. Make the du'a where Allah, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show you the truth as true and falsehood as falsehood, to give you that clarity, right? Ya Allah, ihdini, nawarni, guide me, give me nur, give me light, give me vision, help me see things the way I'm supposed to, you know? You have to talk to God like you know He's there because He is. We're the ones that just are distant. You know, my New Year's Eve, I was out in my backyard uh, pacing back and forth in the backyard just talking to Allah, having a conversation with Him, saying, you know, here's what I've learned from my last year. Here's what I want to do this year. Please preserve this, increase us this, and do out for my family and friends and everybody I work with, right? Talk to Allah. He, that's what He tells you. Talk to me. I'm going to answer. We just don't take that always very seriously. So inshallah, those are some tips to help us launch 2019. Let me know what you think about the show. You can visit uh, coffeewithkareem.com and go to the contact page and submit any notes or inquiries or ideas. Uh, so subscribe to our newsletter on that website as well so you can get special announcements and the updated shows right to your email. Subscribe, review, and support. Review us on iTunes today with a nice five-star review, please. And support us at patreon.com slash coffeewithkareem for as little as $1 a month. If you can give more, that would be amazing. Ya Kareem. <laughs> ya Kareemu, please. Help uh, people out there sponsor uh, with more generosity. I'm also going to be reviving my music production this year. Sorry if you don't really like music, but I'm a musician and that's part of who I am. So also on coffeewithcream.com, there's a music tab to check out some old school jams, take the survey, and uh, I am working on some new stuff that I'll be releasing, inshallah, for the future. So if you enjoy musica, check that out as well. And thanks again for tuning in to the Coffee with Kareem podcast. <laughs>